Hello and welcome to Legendary Leaders, the podcast. My name is Kathleen O'Sullivan and I am the host of this show. And together with a wide range of legendary leaders and experts in the field of leadership of self and others, we are going to explore concepts and ideas that show you how you can move past potential fears, negative self-talk and constant doubts in order to encourage you to becoming a legendary leader yourself with far more natural impact, influence and inspiration. We want you to be you, to be at your best and to show up in the most authentic way. So are you ready for it? Well, welcome once again to Legendary Leaders, the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Legendary Leaders. It's an episode with me and just with me again. And I continue to talk about the power of direct communication. It's a vast topic. It requires far more details than I could even cover in the first two episodes when I spoke about it uh, a few weeks back. And what did we cover in those first two episodes? Just very brief summary. We talked about understanding the power of direct communication. Why is it worthwhile even speaking about it and focusing on being more clear, direct, upfront. There are uh, clear benefits and it is important to really and truly embrace them and also to shift the paradigm from direct means I'm being a dick toward direct means I'm being honest, transparent, clear, upfront. People know what they are getting. People can understand more about who I am, what my boundaries are, what I stand for. Uh, it can really help build strong connections. But the key here is not to be an A dot, 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 dot. Yeah. We also spoke about overcoming fears and obstacles. Obviously, when we are seeking more direct communication, when we are facing conflict more clearly and in a timely manner, when we express our own opinions openly, well, then we may have fears. And those fears often stop us from actually being more open and direct. Those fears relate to perceptions, i.e. how might other people see us, um, we are too bossy, we are too bitchy, in particular something that might be said about women in leadership roles who are very clear and direct uh, and so on and so forth. But the concept that I introduced in the last episode is the concept by Kim Scott of Radical Candor that is all about how can I challenge more directly and more openly and challenge not for the sake of challenging others, challenge more in terms of being more curious, exploring different opinions, challenging others to think differently and to see the diversity of thought in the room. And at the same time, being incredibly caring and expressing how much you care as well. It is a concept that I personally really embrace and love and something that requires a little bit of practice. But once we practice it, it will be a part of our DNA. As with so many other leadership skills, well, it starts with practice and with repetition and then to make it a, a new habit. And I've also shared that Dr. Brené Brown would add to radical candor the aspect of facing potential conflict, diversity in thought, emotional discrepancies perhaps. So someone 
perhaps said something that you have or that that triggers certain emotions in you that feel you feel uncomfortable with and so on and so forth to face these conversations head on and not to approach other people and talk to them about this person and what they said i we call it bitching no 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 let's talk to the people straight away Let's share openly feedback. Let's describe how a certain situation might have made us feel and what the impact of a certain behavior was on us. And then we actually have a chance to deepen relationships, to build relationships, to gain a better understanding of one another and to create overall a high level of improvement in collaboration and, as I mentioned now, a few times, relationships. So it's really important that we think less about the fears and obstacles that might get in the way and more about what are the opportunities, what are the chances here. And when you have ever felt negatively impacted, negative emotions, because someone said something that didn't resonate with you or you felt attacked or whatever it was, and you carry that with you instead of raising it with the person, oh, it feels like a burden, doesn't it? And often when we talk about it and we get it out of the way, oh, it's a release. It feels good, or at least we feel better. And we may even feel proud of ourselves that we have approached this conversation so openly in a very timely manner. Yeah. So please, please, please always consider the benefits of having those kind of conversations. Today, I'm going to be focusing on the battle of sexes, the different communication styles between men and women. Now, I love to be a little bit provocative here by calling it the battle of sexes. Obviously, it isn't about a battle. It's not going on the battlefield and discussing what is the best communication style. Absolutely not. It is all about understanding how our brains work because the female brain and the male brain work differently and it has an impact on how we communicate with others. And that's great. But what if we could understand those differences better and make use of understanding these differences, i.e. Uh, make sure we complement one another Make sure we don't take everything that's being said too personally, but perhaps challenge in a curious manner and ask for better understandings or ask perhaps for clarification of what has been said. Yeah, without immediately bringing in those emotions of feeling um, badly treated or communicated to. And that is really the intention of this episode. Create open-mindedness, understanding, in order to really be greater together. There is a quote that says, men think with their heads, women think with their hearts. I'm curious, is that something you would agree to, um, disagree to? And if so, why? Have a think about it. Feel free to pause this episode here right away. Have a think about it. And as always, don't hesitate to send me an email or message with regards to your thoughts. What's your view here? The other quote is, men are more logical, women are emotional. Do you agree? Do you disagree? What's your view on this one? Women and men are stereotyped again and again, especially in the workplace. Research shows only 29% of senior management is female. 
29%. And by the way, I saw quite a bit of research recently that says, oh, we have um, real equality. And I'm like, what does equality mean in this case? What do they mean? Do we really have all the same chances? We are all treated in the same way? Huh? And uh, what I read then was organizations uh, that said we have 50% of women working for us and 50% men. Now, this is a very simplistic view because we basically disregard the LGBTQ plus community completely. And I appreciate that here, that, that I do that. But I do it simply for the sake of simplicity, no other reasons. What I want to highlight is that out of the 50% or those 50% of women working in those specific organizations that were highlighted in those different studies, most of them were actually in junior roles and operational roles. Um, the minority of women were actually uh, amongst the senior executive leadership teams. So it's really important that when you look at stats, that you look into the details and you understand where are those diverse groups based and do they even uh, really have equal opportunities? And I'd say... And a lot of studies confirm that there is still a long way to go. 87% of businesses have at least one woman in management worldwide. Now we would say, that's great progress. Yes, it is progress, but it isn't enough. Yeah. Women like, I'm pretty sure a few of you who are listening here who reach the top must usually be strong, confident, and fierce. At least we want to be perceived like that. Yeah. These women must outperform their male counterparts to stand out as real equals. That sounds incredibly exhausting. And from my own experience, it feels incredibly exhausting. Now, I also appreciate there are differences because we haven't all been raised in the same way. Perhaps we have had mentors around us who already helped us being truly authentic, bringing in our softer side as well and living that authentically while being very direct and clear in our communication. Brilliant. Amazing. There are still quite a few women, however, that I am working with, and I have been one of them, who is constantly confused about how should I show up, as I shared with you in episode number one, was told I shouldn't be so direct and so uh, open and blunt. Uh, that word was used quite often. And at some point, I felt really confused about my role and who I should be and how I should behave and what I can say and what I can't say until I found my own feet. And I actually realized I can be both. I can be direct, clear, transparent without being perceived as too blunt, too direct, perhaps even hurtful. Yeah, And I can share equally my very soft side that I carry inside of me. So what if we could see, embrace, and complement each other's skills between men and women? So let's explore the communication tendencies of women and men a little bit more. As women, we've strived for centuries to prove that we can do anything a man can. And it's true. But what if we embraced our own communication styles instead of trying to match a man's communication style? Men and women are different, and that's good. We talk, think, and see the world differently. Our brains are even wired differently. 
And that's the interesting, the, the interesting topic here. I love to talk about how the brain works. I love to read about all of that. And as, as soon as I understand more about it, I step into conversations in a different way. More openly, as I said earlier on, with a more open mindset uh, and far more open curiosity. Today's podcast is sponsored by Inner Professional Online Training Programs. With courses geared specifically for legendary leaders, Inner Professional provides an extraordinary catalog of leadership and professional development programs, unlike any online training you've experienced before. Hone your conscious and authentic leadership skills with peer group, networking communities, direct engagement with life experts, and a wealth of compelling, easy to engage on demand content. Learn more at kathleenmerkel.com slash innerprofessional. A 2014 study compared the relationship between the brain's two hemispheres and how each side of our brain communicates with the other. The study found, or the, the researchers found, that female brains consistently revealed stronger connective activity between each hemisphere. In contrast, the male brains were more concentrated in uh, one area at a time. This means Women's brains are structured to be better at multitasking and forming connections across processes. Surprise, surprise, right? How often might you be hearing uh, women can multitask better? Yes, research has demonstrated it. I often say I don't uh, feel I belong to that group. I feel completely rubbish when it comes to multitasking. And I'm personally someone who loves to be present in the moment and really focuses on one thing at the time. But that happened over the last few years in particular when I noticed it makes me far more productive to do that. On average, women's hippocampus, the region for memory processing, is bigger. For men, the amygdala, the region for processing fear and aggression, is bigger. Because of this, women generally have greater attention spans, memory, and social cognition. The female brain has a stronger blood flow in the region responsible for processing emotions, explaining why we are often more in tune with our emotions. These differences affect the way we think and communicate with each other. And studies verify that we as women are more expressive, using thousands more microfacial expressions than men. Women use more paralanguage as well, which is the tone pitch and speed of our words that affect our messages, as you can probably hear in my voice and tone of voice as well. And as a result, women often read body language and pick up on more social nuances better than men. Our attention spans may also affect our listening skills. And when you combine all of these unique strengths, it makes sense that we are able to practice more empathy on average. And I say on average because there are always nuances amongst women, amongst women of different backgrounds as well, um, and obviously uh, nuances amongst men as well. In written communication, women are stereotyped to be indirect and positive, overusing exclamation points and explanations to compensate for the medium's lack of tone, 
pitch, speed, and nonverbal cues. This can translate into self-consciousness and over-politeness. Men, on the other hand, are expected to be direct and to the point. Their written communication can look more like a demand rather than a question. Even the same nonverbal cues are translated differently when coming from a man versus a woman. When a man nods his head, it's likely he is agreeing with what you are saying. When a woman nods, it's, it likely means she's listening and encouraging you to keep talking. Feel free to have a think about it. when was the last situation that you were nodding away? What was the reason for it? What, did, what was the message you wanted to convey? Perhaps you have noticed a difference between men and women in their style of nodding and the message they convey yourself. Yeah, Pretty sure you have a few examples around you. Men uh, must be perceived as powerful, more dominant and competitive to be a leader, while women are expected to be agreeable, friendly and nurturing. And I'm highlighting again, These are the stereotypical views. I totally appreciate and understand that men show a lot of nuances in those styles and can show wonderful emotional reactions. And there are women who come across quite powerful, competitive, and sometimes dominant, or I was called intimidating uh, as well. How is directness viewed in the workplace? In the workplace, professionals are often subconsciously looking for two social cues in their leaders' messages. The one is warmth and the other one is power, or you can also call it strength. So the question I have for you is, and feel free to think about the question and to pause that podcast here, what are the signs of warmth for you? And what are the signs of strength? And think about the nonverbal communication in this case. Both are positive and necessary for building trust and authority. And quite a few of storytelling coaches I, I know or I used to work with uh, focus on these two key competencies a lot because they are needed in combination. And sometimes you have to dial up the one versus the other a little bit more and dial down the other, depending on who is in the audience, what's the message you want to convey, what's the topic, and so on and so on. So it's our job to find a balance between the two, providing empathy, care, and compassion for warmth, as well as confidence, directness, and knowledge for power. Yet. Male leaders are often praised for their power-driven tendencies to be bold, pragmatic, and logical. While female leaders who do the same are often labeled as bossy, pushy, and cold. But what is being authoritative if not being bossy? Is being pushy not just another word for being bold? Is cold just a bad way of saying logical? Research shows women receive negative personality-based feedback in performance reviews 75% of the time, while men primarily receive performance-based feedback. Women report receiving two and a half times the amount of uh, feedback regarding aggressive communication styles than men. Yet, from what we know about the brain, it's not, li not likely women are two and a half times more aggressive in their communication than men. 
So you see, there are still quite a few discrepancies, and there definitely needs to be a shift between how women are or women's communication styles being perceived in comparison to men's. Yeah, and to really make those performance reviews, the feedback, um, fairer. Now, I'm not saying this to scare, intimidate, or discourage any of you. Like you, I value honesty. I want to paint a real picture of what's happening in today's business world to show you you are not alone in this. That you are not too bossy, pushy, or cold. That you are not too emotional. We are here to redefine what it means to be direct as women in leadership. That we can be warm and powerful, smart and strong, caring and confident. You get to decide who you are as a leader. You don't have to apologize for your honesty or riddle your emails with sorries, permissions and qualifiers. Reframe and rebrand these stereotypes as the strengths they truly are. Instead of being fake, you're authentic. Instead of being too emotional, see yourself as empathetic. Instead of being bossy, see yourself as the boss you are. If you are the boss and the leader, you are being called bossy. Let that be a confirmation that you are doing your job. Now, this doesn't mean there isn't room to improve. Get to know your strengths. Understand your unique communication style, skills, and abilities. Anything that makes you different can be channeled as your competitive edge with a bit of practice, training, and confidence. And the most powerful communication is direct and empathetic, powerful and warm. As psychologist Marcia Reynolds says, seek revolution, not rebellion. Instead of blaming and criticizing others for what's wrong, seek to change and make it right. And make it right together with them. Help them along the way as well to see how they can perhaps further develop and improve. And as we seek that balance I've been talking about, we can not only redefine what it means to be a woman in leadership, but to be a leader, period. I myself have learned how to be more conscious of my communication style without overthinking it, to combine warmth, empathy with power and strength. I am still work in, uh, in progress. I'm nowhere near perfect. However, I pay attention to the impact I'd love to have on the people around me and what kind of communication is needed in order to have that impact, in order to inspire and what the situation at hand is that requires a certain shift in my communication style. And once we focus more on the other person or the people around us and what they may be needing in that moment and less on our ego and how we need to be seen and perceived, oh, there's an ease coming in. There's more joy in building relationships and actually more fun in embracing not being perfect. So, my lovelies, that's it for today. A little bit more of an insight into the differences between male and female communication, how our brains work, how they are being wired differently, the impact that has on our communication styles. I've shared a lot of stereotypes with you when it comes to female and male communication, 
how directness is being viewed in the workplace, but most importantly, see it as a learning path, um, experiment with your communication style. And last but not least, I highlighted a few minutes ago, really become aware of your strengths when communicating. What feels most authentic to you? Live into this authenticity. In the next solo episode, I'm going to share more with you about uh, direct communication. And we are going to focus far more on building confidence in your own direct communication style. So how can we feel more at ease with this radical candor, open transparency and clarity in our communication. I'm very much looking forward to sharing those insights with you then. So stay tuned and see you soon. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Legendary Leaders podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then remember to subscribe to the show either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or my website, www.kathleenmerkel.com. I would also love to hear from you to discover what topics you'd like to hear more about, what topics really resonated with you, and how you're enjoying the show in general. Perhaps you have some ideas for additional topics, something that you're truly curious about. Please do leave your review on Apple Podcasts as well. It would mean the world to us. Thank you so much and speak to you again next time. Take good care. Bye.